It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I don't want to talk about the rookie of the race. I, I really don't. Um, I want to talk about other substantial things, but oh boy, people are getting in their feelings. So let's dive into those feelings. Let's analyze them. Let's talk about not having toxic debates on the internet. I know I'm just shouting into the void. I'm shouting into Locked On Magic, too. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is April 14th, 2023. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to chat about the debate. The lack of debate, the debate that shouldn't be debate, the thing that has Magic fans all in their feelings. We're going to chat about the Rookie of the Year race. It's over. The votes are in. Don't complain, but people are. So we're going to chat a little bit about that and how to be better fans, maybe. Like, like not get too into your feelings on this. Guys, we're going to be fine. We're going to get through this. We'll talk about that, plus the imminent return of Jonathan Isaac and how the Magic need to play in for him coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Lockdown podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for, the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. There's obviously not a lot to talk about with the Orlando Magic right now. The team is dispersed. We're going to start doing player evaluations next week, so we will talk about some individual player seasons. We're still going through the things that went right and the things that went wrong for the Magic this year as well. We're going to dive into plenty of season recap rehashing a lot of similar ideas, but getting ourselves cleansed of this 2023 season so we can get ready for the 2024 season. Obviously, we have the playoffs going on too. We'll get to our playoff corner at the end of the show. But the big news that Orlando Magic fans are waiting on, and and the thing that is sucking up all the oxygen among Magic Twitter, is about the Rookie of the Year race. The votes are in. Some voters have started to reveal who they voted for. Uh, I do not have a vote in the actual thing, but I did vote in the locked on, uh, in the locked on balloting process. Um, where you know, I think the honestly, I think the locked on process is about as close as uh, it is pretty close to to what the actual process is going to be. Um, in there, Paolo Bancaro got all but five first first place votes. Um, two to Kessler, two to Jalen Williams, and one to Jay Nivey. Um, I hope that wasn't Yuku, but if it was, kudos to you. Um, uh, and, and he was the only unanimous pick 
for the all-rookie first team. That's how I think this is going to go. But, you know, Magic fans, we've been starved for attention. And I think this is just a general Orlando thing. You know, Orlando has never been Miami. It's never been Tampa. It's never even really been Jacksonville where it has its own distinct identity. I think everyone views Orlando as Disney. We are inextricably linked with the tourist destination. And so Orlando, I think, has always struggled to find its own identity and find itself and and be an attraction city on its own. And and again, we're very thankful for Disney. Disney's great. I'm not going to complain about having the theme parks in my backyard. But I do think that that affects how Orlando views itself and and why Orlando fans, you know, whether it's Orlando City, whether it's the Magic, whether it's UCF even, why Orlando fans do care about attention and do care about what people say about us. We know we have the Rookie of the Year. Paolo Bancaro is going to win Rookie of the Year. The, even the, the ballots that have been revealed, we could Steve Kornacki this all we want, even the ballots that have been revealed show that Paolo Bancaro is the overwhelming favorite to win Rookie of the Year. If he drops any first-place votes, he will pick up second-place votes from all of those people. If he drops any first-place votes, it will be in the single digits. By... I don't know when the Rookie of the Year is going to be announced. It could be Thursday. It could be next Thursday. It could be in a couple weeks. But when Rookie of the Year is announced, Paolo Bancaro will be lifting that trophy. You know, however the Magic decide to surprise him or, or announce it to him, because I don't know I don't know how quickly he's leaving for Seattle or leaving for home, but he is going to win the award. So it doesn't... I get it. We all know he's had a historical season. And, and I had some conversations with people you know, about this, where I said, look, I'm really close to it. I've watched Paolo every day. I see how good he has been and the things that he's had to deal with and the defensive defensive focus he's had to deal with. What he's done as a rookie is incredible. Looking at this rookie class, frankly, I do think he deserves to be a unanimous selection. I think that he is far and away the best rookie in this class and really, you know, I'll give Ben Matherin some credit. I'll give Jalen Williams some credit. I'll give Jaden Ivey some credit. But Paolo Bancaro is the one that's on the surest path to stardom. And the company that he is keeping with the stats that he put up his rookie year are the best players in the league. You know, we talk Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Zion Williamson had an incredible rookie year for however long he was out there, Joel Embiid with the free throw attempts, Blake Griffin. His comparables are to elite players. Or two players who eventually became elite players. And, and, you know, some of those guys, obviously, injuries kind of took them out. Paolo Bain, so I, it just, I just have to repeat this. Paolo Bancaro won Rookie of the Year. I can see arguments for other players. You know, Walker, like, Walker Kessler, the, you know, the, the guy who started this off was a jazz beat writer um, named Andy Larson, does some good work. I, 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 don't, I don't mean to put him on blast. He, Walker Kessler had a very good year. Walker Kessler played his role perfectly, was a great rim protector, really made made trading Rudy Gobert not seem like a big deal. And, and the Magic saw that firsthand with the way that he protected the rim and dominated the game that the Magic played against the Jazz up in Salt Lake City. So not taking anything away from him, not taking anything away from Jalen Williams. Jalen Williams also had a really good year. Played his role perfectly. Shot, made threes at an effective clip. Helped the Thunder make the playoffs. Not going to take anything away from Jay Nivey. I think Jay Nivey is not, does not deserve first place votes. But he got better as the season went on. 
really took over and got thrown into the deep end with Cade Cunningham's injury. And you could go down the list. Ben Matherin had a great season. Keegan Murray set the record for most three-pointers by a rookie in a season. All of these guys did really well, and this turned out to be a really good draft class. Even Jabari Smith. Jabari Smith struggled early in the season, was stuck in the chaos that was the Houston Rockets this year, but really came on strong, really got comfortable as the season went on. And these guys are all going to be players. You've probably heard me say this. All you want to know in your rookie year is can this guy play? Can this guy hold his own? Is there a role for him? And then you build and grow from there. But that's exactly why Paolo Bancaro is the rookie of the year. Because unlike all those other players, Paolo Bancaro's role is to be the star. It is to be the creator. It is to be the driving force. And teams around the league recognize that. In the same way maybe they recognize Walker Kessler's shot-blocking ability, same way maybe they recognize Keegan Murray's three-point shooting ability, but Keegan Murray able to get a lot of open threes because Darren Fox, DeMontis Sabonis are passing him open sucking up a lot of attention. And look, there's a lot of writing. I think Zach Lowe did a lot of writing on Keegan Murray, trying to be more aggressive, trying to look for his own shot more. That stuff's layered on. You layer that stuff on, but the base of what Keegan Murray is, he certainly thrived at that. Again, all these guys at great seasons. I am not here to shut people down. Celebrate the award nominees. Celebrate the guys that are going to be on the all-rookie team. Celebrate their seasons because they have bright futures ahead of them. But again, that gets to the bigger point. Paolo Bancaro had to be the star. From the day he stepped on the floor, the Magic put the ball in his hands and said, you're the star, score us some baskets. And if you look at stars throughout history, throughout the league's history, stars struggle. Kevin Durant shot 27% from three his rookie year. You know, LeBron James's worst season was his rookie season. Again, the guys we're comparing Paolo Bancaro to are star players. They are the best of the best of the best. And that's why Paolo Bancaro averaging 20 points per game, very clearly leading rookies in scoring. Being a solid, not great rebounder, being a better than average passer, you know, he's got a long way to go. And the efficiency numbers obviously are up there because he had the green light to score and create because the Magic need him to experiment and make mistakes. Just like the Jazz needed Walker Kessler to play a rim-protecting role. Just like the Kings needed Keegan Murray to play a floor-spacing role. Just like the Pacers need Ben Matherin to play the sixth-man role. The role the Magic needed ba- Paolo Banco to play is the hardest one for a rookie to do. They needed him to be their star to be there everything, to absorb double teams. Because once he started getting good, teams sent doubles at him. No other rookie in this class dealt with the double teams that Paolo Bancaro did. And to me, as much as the numbers matter, as much as there are great arguments for a lot of these players, or you know, at least decent arguments, at least rational arguments for a lot of these other players, what Paolo Bancaro had to do as a rookie are not things you ask rookies to do. And the magic... Let Paolo make mistakes. The inefficiency is a good thing at the end of the day because now Paolo knows what a good shot is and what a bad shot is. He knows where he's going to get his spots. He knows how teams are going to double him because, as always with rookies, it is not about the rookie year. It's about the long game. It's about the big picture. And Paolo Bancaro proved and showed in his rookie year that he is on a path to stardom. 
something no one else in this rookie class is. And that's why, that, again, I, I, it's not irrational. I'm not here to yell at anyone. Walker Kessler had a really good year. Jalen Williams had a really good year. The Palabade Carroll had the best season. He was by far the best rookie in this class. And so while some votes might bleed away from him, especially because we know that this is a runaway race for rookie of the year, so not protest votes, but kudos to 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 you know kudos to Andy Larson for highlighting how good Walker Kessler season is. Because frankly, we haven't talked enough about how good Walker Kessler season is. I think Walker Kessler has a very good argument to finish second in the rookie of the year race. And voting him second over Jalen Williams is not crazy to do. He was really good. But this is Paolo Bancaro's award. He is getting first place. He'll be, all, he'll be unanimous on the all-rookie first team. And that's ultimately all history is going to care about. We're going to talk about Jonathan Isaac. He gave us an update on his recovery at Eggs Interviews. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first... It's time for Nissan's Most Electric Player of the Week. Let me drop that. There we go. Uh, It's time for Nissan's Most Electric Player of the Week, brought to you by the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Obviously, the Orlando Magic season ended on Sunday, so we don't have a lot of games to get to, so I want to give kudos to our Player of the Week, none other than our guy, Kevon Harris. The job of a two-way player is often uh, overlooked. And frankly, often uh, misunderstood or frankly, often uh, ignored or, 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 or just gone by. These guys have to make their own mark. They have to make their presence known. And Kevon Harris throughout the entire season certainly did that. Getting to a point where we believe that there is a future for him somewhere on this team. That he is potentially more than just a two-way player. Now, obviously, he's got a two, two-year two-way deal right now so that he... Uh, so he's still kind of stuck in the two-way limits, but Kevon Harris did everything the Magic could have asked for. He played with played with fierce, brilliantly fierce defense, electric offensive play, fiercely elegant driving to the basket, and stunningly powerful on surprising putback dunks. The Magic won several games this year just because Kevon Harris was on the floor with his energy. And he certainly provided that energy in scoring a career high in Sunday's season finale against the Miami Heat. So, Kevon Harris is our Nissan Most Electric Player of the Week. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
We're still cleaning up some of our discussion from exit reviews on Monday, but we did get a bit of news on Monday, or the biggest piece of like actual like juicy news that you could bite into a little bit. Um, we did get a little bit in, in chatting with Jonathan Isaac really for the first time since he had surgery on on his adductor. Um, Jonathan Isaac, you know, was in pretty good spirits, and, and generally, I think everyone recognizes that this surgery. Well, surgery is surgery, and, and, and certainly he missed a lot of time after only playing 11 games this season, and again, only 11 games in the last three seasons. Um, surgery is surgery, um, but it does seem like it is a fairly minor surgery. Um, Isaac told media on Monday that he expects to be back back doing full basketball activities in the next few weeks. Um, he expects to be uh, kind of having a full offseason and to be ready for training camp. And obviously this is... Really, really good news. Isaac played pretty well, all things considered, considering the situation, considering he hadn't played in three years. Um, I think a lot of us were really surprised and happy with the way that Isaac performed uh, in the games that he played. And obviously, it was just kind of an easing back. He played very strict minute restriction. It's not clear what the conditions will be when he returns for training camp, but certainly the Magic will be happy to have him back. The Magic were 8-3 and three in the 11 games that Isaac played. Um, he was... Very strong defensively. Magic's defensive rating went through the roof, or you know, but dropped below the floor. I don't know. I don't know what the right analogy is. They had a good defensive rating when Isaac was on the floor, as as expected. Um, and so Isaac obviously still has a place, and he can still clearly play in this league. And you know, I, I think at this point we acknowledge he's probably coming off the bench behind Franz Wagner and, and Paolo Bancaro. They're still going to be able to limit his minutes that way, um, and 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 he'll make his impact where he makes his impact, but. The biggest thing I think still to decipher and the biggest thing I think still to look at is what is this team going to look like now? You know, I, I, this is something that, I, that, that, that we talked about when he first came back is that, you know, Isaac hadn't played with anyone on the roster besides Mo Bamba and Terrence Ross when he made his return in January. The roster had completely changed. And, you know, I, I think that... You know, the Magic now are, I don't think they're in full win-now mode, but they got to be thinking about the present a little bit more than they have been. They got to be thinking about what's going to help us win today. What's going to help us make the playoffs? Because that's very clearly the goal. That's been well-established as the goal for this season. And so, and so, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to rely on a guy and, and, and to say, well, if we're trying to make the playoffs now, we're going to throw out a guy and, and, and put real rotation minutes in a guy that's played 11 games in three years. The Magic, I think, do need to start planning for life after Jonathan Isaac. And, and of course, they probably should have been planning for that uh, over the last few years. But Isaac, Isaac's shown he can play. He just hasn't shown he can be healthy. And that is the biggest question. That is the biggest issue, the biggest thing that we that he has to deal with. Is can he be healthy? Can he make it through a season? Can he make it through a short stretch? And you know, I believe he can. Recoveries happen. You know, again, you start you start fresh every year, but the injury history is certainly weighing on him and and you know, certainly this, this surgery fortunately proved to be minor or relatively minor. But nothing feels minor with Jonathan Isaac. When that injury happened, we thought, oh, he's done. The Magic are done with him. 
there's no there's no coming back from this. He made the comeback and it stopped again. The fact of the matter is, I do think that while I think Isaac should be part of the the short term plan for the moment, the Magic do need to make some long term plans too. We are expecting that the Magic are probably going to take a big forward with one of these draft picks. You know, we've talked a little about Jarris Walker. We've talked a little about Taylor Hendricks. Um, you know, Derek. You know, Derek Lively uh, of Duke is also kind of I think in the mix for the Magic at one of their two draft picks. Um, you know, Cam Whitmore is more of a guard, doesn't quite fit the big forward role, but. Cam Whitmore, Villanova, certainly also an option for this team. There are some guys that the Magic could put could put some draft capital behind to develop and play essentially the role that they had for Isaac or the minutes that they had for Isaac. You know, Chuma Okeke's injury just made it more glaring how much the Magic need maybe one more big forward that they can rely on. And so, yes, Isaac's going to get a full offseason of work. He's going to the rehab process is almost done. He is going to get a full offseason of work. He's going to be able to improve his skills. He's going to be able to get himself healthy to hopefully be out on the court. But obviously with him, that is easier said than done. Obviously for him, that is something that he hasn't proven he can do. And unfortunately, in this league, especially now that the Magic are more focused on winning, you got to prove what you can do. We got to be able to count on you. Your best ability is availability. And obviously, Isaac hasn't been available very much. And that's the big question for Jonathan Isaac. Something he's going to have to prove and earn when we get to training camp. But he's got time to get himself ready for that grind. We're going to do our NBA playoff corner, do our tankathon spin of the day. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends at Built Bar. If my copy will load. If you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all of the sugar and calories, then you need to taste the best tasting protein bar ever. You got to try Built. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the um, thing that for you, Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, come in so many amazing flavors, you won't think they're good for you. I got mint chocolate chip puffs right now. They'll leave these little marshmallow things inside. Just absolutely delicious. I don't know how they get the flavors right. They taste exactly like what they say on the box, and that is a big thing. Built Bars are so good because they're covered in 1% real chocolate, so you get that chocolate you get that chocolate flavor, and they come in amazing flavors, like I just said. I'm really not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now, you don't need to wait to get a box free. For, for years, we've been telling you about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, which of course you can still do. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you, and while you can still get specialty flavors at Built.com. You can even get them at Publix. I've seen, uh, so I've seen them at Publix as well here in Central Florida. That's right. You can go to your nearest Walmart, pick up a box a day, or your or to Sam's Club and pick up that 13-bar box as well. Check them out today. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. 
Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, as we're doing uh, throughout the playoffs, we're going to spend this last segment of the show talking about the bigger picture, talking about the NBA. We're going to get to playoff lessons a little bit later on in the offseason or uh, in, in the coming weeks. Um, we'll talk about what we can learn from te- from the Raptors, from the Pelicans as well. So we'll get to that coming up here in a minute. Um, but obviously tonight is a big night. Um, you know, Just to lay the stakes out for you, the Chicago Bulls play the Miami Heat. The winner gets the eighth seed and a playoff series with the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, it is a big game. Obviously, the Heat coming off their disappointing effort on Tuesday against the uh, against the Atlanta Hawks. They essentially no-showed that game, and, and, and I'm sure the Heat are going to be really dialed in. The Bulls have been playing some really good ba- really good basketball. The, the 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 race for that ten seed, for that nine and ten seed uh, in, in the in the East was really really tight for a long time, and then Chicago just pulled away. So Chicago's playing really well. Zach Levine finally looks healthy. They've got enough scoring that they could really cause some problems. Now, obviously, the big thing for the Orlando Magic, the big interest for the Magic in this game, is a Bulls win guarantees that the Magic will get that pick. Uh, will get the pick this summer, and it'll be the 16th pick in the draft, or the, the 15th pick in the draft, excuse me. Um, they, they will guarantee that the Magic get Chicago's pick, and it will be outside the lottery. Now, obviously, that changes a little bit of things for the Orlando Magic and changes a little bit of things uh, for this team in the calculus, but not by a lot. Um, obviously, you're drafting a little bit lower, so maybe you lose out on a Jordan Hawkins. Maybe you you know you certainly lose out on a Grady Dick at that point. You might have to settle for Nick Smith or a Keontae George or um, you know an Anthony Black, you know, or Kaysan Wallace, you know, a player that isn't exactly what you need but can still contribute uh, at a high level. And obviously, we're going to get into draft stuff. You know, there's Bryce Sensabaugh as well, a former like Highland prep student here at Orlando Go Highlanders. Um, as well, um, so you know there is a lot on the line. The, the the difference between the difference for the Magic would be between drafting potentially 12th and drafting 16th, all on the Bulls winning tonight's game against Miami. So I know it kind of sucks, but cheering for the Heat may not be the worst idea today. Um, we will talk more about that. Obviously, if if that happens, our lottery spins become less interesting. Um, because we don't have to worry about the Bulls jumping into the top four. I'm also looking forward to Thunder Timberwolves tonight. I think that's going to be a fantastic game. Minnesota, uh, they they got hopefully they figured out that oh we 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 gave that game away in Los Angeles, but we will see uh, what happened. We will see what happens and and whether Minnesota is able to come together. We've we've had Minnesota kind of tabbed as a team that might be ready to blow things up, might be able to change some things. You know. I don't think they trade Anthony Edwards. A lot of Magic fans have been talking Anthony Edwards is this guy's perfect for us. Let's go get him. Um, I don't think that's. I don't think they're willing to trade him. But Rudy Gobert certainly on the table um, potentially. Carl Anthony Towns certainly on the table. I think both those players are flawed. I don't think they fit the Magic. But as teams get eliminated, start think, you, the Magic should be thinking about okay, who from these teams that are ready to blow it up could we go after? Toronto. Toronto. We all thought they were going to blow it up at the deadline. They stuck with it. Who should Orlando get out, out of Toronto? Obviously, we talked a lot about Fred Van Vliet. Fans have talked a lot about Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. You know, is OG Ananobi going to become available this offseason? Is Pascal Siakam going to become available this offseason? How does Toronto shift and change? Have they gone as far as they can do? They need to restart and reconfigure themselves 
a little bit more around Scotty Barnes. Those are the big questions that the Raptors face this offseason. Again, we'll talk about playoff lessons uh, coming up in, 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 in the next few weeks. But let's get to it now. It is time for our daily lottery spin. And today, like yesterday, not a lot of luck on our side. San Antonio goes one, Dallas two. That's That, that sucks for New York. Indiana three and Portland four. Dropping the Magic down to the eighth pick, they'd also get the twelfth pick in this scenario. Um, you know, again, we, we've talked a little bit about who's going to be available in that eight range. Um, if the Magic are drafting in six, uh, you're in range to get Amen or Asar Thompson. You're in range to get Jarris Walker. You're in range to get some guys that that I think could that that obviously would help a ton. But you're in range to to get some of these guys that are really kind of specific to your needs or have a little bit of a higher ceiling. As I've, as I've started to look at this draft class. The thing that I'm kind of figuring out is that there are a lot of like kind of solid players, but there's no ceiling raiser. You know, I don't see a Ben Matherin like we did last year who, you know, everyone could say like, look, he could play this role, but he could also be a little bit more. Um, I'm not seeing that guy uh, in this draft, to be perfectly honest. You know, maybe Cam Whitmore. So I think Cam Whitmore um, from Villanova, he's probably going to be gone at eight. Um, I think that he does have some star potential and some it factor to him. But figuring out who you're going to take at eight is definitely a challenge. You know, do you go with the shooter at this point and draft a Grady Dick? You know, probably the best shooter in this draft. Or do you take kind of the higher upside play and go after Taylor Hendricks? As, you know, I can tell you both Dick and Hendricks will not be there at 12. But at 12, you could end up getting a Jordan Hawkins, who I'm personally very high on. You could get a Bryce Sensiball. You could get you could get a Derek Li- Derek Lively from Duke um, if you want to go with the center. I think the Magic need a, a veteran center more than a rookie center at this point. The reality is, obviously, you got to play the hand that you're dealt. The Magic are definitely a team that's in a good position to move around in this draft. They could certainly be a team that says, like, hey, we don't need rookies right now. Let's try and package these picks to move out. Let's let's maybe move down a little bit if there's someone further down the draft that, that they like. I, I'm Again, I'm not seeing anyone down there that I really like. I think, honestly, I think once you get to around 12, that's when you run out of the prospects that I'm personally interested in. You know, I'm not super... I, I got to watch some more Jet Howard, but it, it's concerning that a guy who's supposed to be a really good shooter is kind of dropping on draft boards. Um, you know, at 12, you could end up with Keontae George, who we thought we'd get at six, at six for a long time, or at Anthony Black or Nick Smith Jr. from Arkansas. But those guys are deeply flawed players. Um, you know, they don't necessarily fit the needs for the Magic. Like, Anthony Black would be a great defensive player. I, I, I love him on this team, but he is not a good shooter. Nick Smith. Nick Smith has star potential, um, but the injuries really slowed him down this season, so it's hard to get a good read on him. Keontae George, I think, would be a really good steal at 12. That, that'd be a really good value at 12. Um, but his lack of creation... Uh, certainly hurts him, and, and you just he's got to prove himself as a role player, which he didn't do, obviously, at, at Baylor. Um, there's obviously options, though. You know, again, we're, we're talking about options, and there'll be plenty more scenarios to go through. We'll see what happens when the draft takes place. We're going to continue to put out um, put out lottery sims. Tell us who you think. Tell us who we should be thinking about for the Orlando Magic in these lottery spots. That's part of the reason why I'm doing this experiment. Part of the reason why we do these things is just to kind of get familiar of where the Magic could position themselves. I started introducing you a little bit to some of the draft prospects before we get heavy into the draft uh, after the lottery. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Subscribe to the podcast 
on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow us there on Twitter, at omagicdaily. We want to thank you again for making Locked on Magic your first listen every day. Every dayers, be sure to come back next week. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Magic's future outlook, why the Magic are a free agent destination all of a sudden, and what resources and cap room the Magic have. We're going to dive into that uh, probably on Monday, but certainly throughout next week. Let's do more season recap and start our playoff lessons and player evaluations. Lots going on, even though it's the offseason but we're going to get to all of it here in just a moment. But we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day for Orlando Magic Daily. Locked On Magic. We'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.